When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Football Social Daily with German Doner Kebab. Fancy something different for tea? Get takeaway delivery now via Deliveroo and Uber Eats. The football just keeps on coming and that's the way we like it here at Football Social Daily, the only Premier League focused podcast that has a new episode for you every single day of the season. News, gossip, opinion, we've got the lot, so hit subscribe however you listen to your podcasts and you'll never miss a show again. On today's podcast, we'll look back at last night's action, a poor draw between Leicester and Brighton, it finished goalless at the King Power, and Spurs 2, West Ham United nil as trouble deepens for David Moyes. Loads of games tonight to get stuck into as well. Could be a huge evening in the fight for survival in the Premier League with Bournemouth, Norwich and Aston Villa all in action. I'm Niall, welcome to Football Social Daily and joining me on today's show, five points away from a Premier League title, the first league title in 30 years. It's Steve McNaughton. Hello, Steve. <laughs> Hello, Niall. What an introduction. <laughs> that was uh, fantastic. I'm just thinking I better get it out of the way because before we know it, we're going to be introducing you as league champion Steve McNaughton. So I thought I'd better get the ball rolling early doors. <laughs> We've also got York City, forward slash Heart of Midlothian, forward slash St. Pauli, forward slash general Premier League fan, forward slash everything that's wrong with modern football because he sports three clubs Stefan Armstrong's here as well how are you doing Stefan (laughs) (laughs) yeah I'm just the modern football fan Niall don't hate it I'm not hating it mate honestly if you had to pick between the three York Hearts or St Pauli because of course you're half German half Scottish which I don't think too many people know about you but you grew up in York so you've got associations with those three clubs but between York Hearts and St Pauli if you had to pick one to only watch for the rest of your life who are you going with? Oh oh, that's a different question to who would you support for the rest of your life um, I'd, I'd, 
I'd pick Sam Pauli just because the atmosphere there is just miles better than the other two. Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. York and Hearts Ultras aren't quite the same as the Sim Pauli ones. They're, they're not there. They're, not they're there. just they're just not quite up to that level. Anyway, let's get stuck into the Premier League action. That's what we're going to do today. Uh, and before we start talking about the games, just a quick note that Arsenal centre back David Luiz has signed a new one-year contract at the Emirates Stadium. Lots of rumblings that he might leave the club. He even came out after a horror display against Manchester City last Wednesday in which he made a mistake which led to a goal, conceded a penalty and got sent off in a 3-0 defeat. He came out and said that he's only got two weeks left on his contract. He doesn't know if he's going to sign a new deal. But since then, we know that Pablo Mari, the centre-back, is out for the rest of the season, which has almost forced Arsenal's hand into offering him a new one-year deal. So he signed that. And on the uh, on that topic, Pablo Mari, Cedric Suarez and Danny Ceballos have all committed themselves to the club till the end of the season but the news gets better for Mari and Suarez because they have actually signed permanent contracts at the Emirates Stadium so if you're an Arsenal fan waking up this morning and you've clicked onto the podcast first thing you'll be pleased to know or maybe you won't depending on how you feel about him David Luiz has signed a new one-year contract at the club right then let's talk Right then, let's talk about last night's fixtures. Starting with the early kickoff, the 6pm start. It was Leicester City against Brighton and it was a goalless draw. Not the first one we've seen since Project Restart kicked into action for the Premier League. And in fact, it could have been a second Brighton victory on the spin. They beat Arsenal at the weekend, Neil Mopé scoring a late goal. But it was Mopé who had his penalty saved by Kasper Schmeichel, the Leicester goalkeeper. Now, it's another point for Leicester, Steve. They're like stumbling towards this Champions League place, aren't they? Do you think that it's starting to get a little bit concerning for those at the Foxes now? Or do you think that they've still got it comfortably in control? I'm just looking at the league table now. And, uh, you know, Leicester have played 31 games and on 55 points. They are nine points ahead of Man United who do have a game in hand on them. So it's, you know, it's not beyond the realms of possibility for Leicester to be caught. Uh, Chelsea will, will narrow the gap to, to a point if they if they beat Man City on uh, tomorrow night, uh, which is a big ask, of course. But it's they're not there yet. And, you know, they, they don't look... That sharp, you know, since they've returned after for Project Restart, I think, you know, they're just kind of trying to. They had the draw against Watford, where they were, they were pegged back in like the 96th minute or something like that, and um, obviously they they drawn uh, to Brighton last night. And um, I, I mean, I think if you were a better man, you probably think Leicester will manage to get over the line, but I think it might get a bit tighter, certainly with the way that you know Man United and Wolves uh, are focusing on getting into them Champions League places as well. I think anyone below Wolves isn't going to get in there, to be honest. Um, but, you know, Brendan Rodgers will probably find a way. You know, he, he's a very good manager. He's done mm. very good things at all the clubs he's been at. You know, he, he's pretty much delivered everywhere. Um, and um, quite deliberate yeah. Liverpool, though, did he, Steve? He didn't, but you know he, he overachieved. <laughs> he overachieved with that squad he had. You know, if you take kind of Luis, Luis Suarez out of it and, and Gerard, the team itself wasn't particularly strong. I don't think. Um, but I think, yeah, you know, Leicester. I, I probably, if it was a better man, I'd probably, you know, stick some money on them to get into that fourth, uh, top four place. But it's going to be a bit touch and go, I think, as the games start rattling off over the next three, four weeks. Yeah, the form for Leicester certainly seems to have slowed down even since the new year, really. And I know we've not had football for three months and the season was suspended. But even before then, Leicester's form certainly seemed to dip. But they did all the damage in the early part of the season. And as you say, Steve, I think nine points is too big a gap for 
those teams in fifth to make up, to be perfectly honest. I just can't see Leicester slipping that, uh, letting that slip, I should say. Um, but as you mentioned, some big games tonight in the Premier League where uh, lots of relegation sides involved, but also sides chasing the top four. Wolves in action, Manchester United and Sheffield United take on each other. Um, and it's a game that Spurs will have an eye on, Stefan after they beat West Ham United by two goals to nil last night. Harry Kane back in the goals after some criticism from some pundits. Jose Mourinho in passionate rants leading to his defence of Harry Kane, um, listing all the strikers. It was absolute box office, classic Jose. And he got... He was proven right. Jose was proven right. Harry Kane got one of the two goals. The other one was an own goal. David Moyes was furious about the decision to allow the own goal to stand in the 2-0 defeat. Should he not be more furious about the fact his players look completely lost, Stefan? West Ham just look, to me, as if they're a bunch of players that aren't really asked if they go down or not. I don't want to kind of label players in a certain way, but the only one is like Mark Noble for me that really understands... West Ham United really cares about the club. It feels like all the others know that they're good enough to get deals at other Premier League clubs or other top leagues around Europe. So they're not really too bothered if they go down. At least that's how it felt watching it. I think that's kind of the problem. Mark Noble's part of the furniture there. So if he's the only one that's really on board with things, then I don't know. It's a bit embarrassing for West Ham. Uh, To your last point there, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit there because I went through the starting lineup for West Ham last night. um, And apart from... Potentially Felipe Anderson um, and Declan Rice. Matt Noble, he's, he's getting pretty old. Um, I don't fancy any of those players as genuine Premier League players. I think that is a championship team. And seeing how slow Spurs were last night, especially in that second half, if you, if you look for a through ball for Harry Kane, and he, he was very slow coming onto that ball. He still made it clear of the centre half. I mm-hmm. mean... I'm recovering from a broken leg and Mm. I think I could have got away from that (laughs) Um, it's just it's just worrying for West Ham I don't think they've got quality in that side whatsoever so I'm not surprised that that they're in the position that they're in Um, I think they're going down yeah I I, I wouldn't mind West Ham to go down to be honest with you I've I've lost all kind of uh, West Ham everybody's second Premier League team kind of um, identifier with them. I'm, I'm not. I'm not identifying with West Ham whatsoever right now. So mm. I'm quite happy if they go down. Um, but yeah, I was. I was just. I was a bit shocked how average Spurs could be and still quite comfortably beat West Ham. I know. I know it was an own goal last night for the first goal. Mm. Um, but especially watching that second half, I was. I was a bit shocked um, how how easy that was for Spurs. To be honest with you. Yeah, and does that say more about West Ham than it does for Tottenham? That even a bang average Tottenham performance is enough to comfortably beat West Ham yeah 100% I don't, I don't think Tottenham looked special last night whatsoever I think they played better to be honest in the game against Man United um, mm. Harry Kane's obviously playing around about 70% and um, he needs to get sharper but I think he took his goal well and it, it kind of played to the whole theatre and drama of it all last night I, I'm identifying with Mourinho more and more every day I'm loving I'm loving how grumpy he is and I'm loving how he's always got to prove that he can play attacking football. Um, so for Kane to go out last night and then to have to go into a press conference afterwards and say, I've got no problem with Mourinho's style. It's just like a classic Tottenham story, isn't it? I love mm. it. I love Jose Mourinho. As I said before, absolutely box office. And I think Marley said this on yesterday's podcast and I agree with him. The Premier League is better with Jose Mourinho in it. Whether you love him or hate him, he is a Marmite guy, but the Premier League is far better with Jose Mourinho in it. He is one of the best managers of the last 15, 20 years. And um, I'm sure he'll 
achieve something at Tottenham, whether that's Champions League positioning or not. One of his greatest achievements, he said, was finishing second with Manchester United. I'm sure his achievements with Tottenham will probably be something along those lines rather than silverware, if you ask me. Um, Anyway, Harry Kane, 200th appearance last night. Only Sergio Aguero scored more goals uh, in 200 Premier League appearances than Harry Kane. So he is a talent, that's for sure. OK, what about tonight's fixtures? There's loads of games uh, tonight. Five fixtures in total, four of them 6pm kickoffs, and then the evening kickoff at 8.15 is Liverpool versus Crystal Palace. But let's start with one of those 6pm starts. And we'll start at St James's Park, where Newcastle United, who are in form, take on Aston Villa. Now, with West Ham losing, Steve, how crucial is this for Villa that they get some result at an informed Newcastle United because with other rival teams playing tonight like Bournemouth and Norwich it's it, like we said before it's do or die time for Aston Villa and although Newcastle seem in good form they completely swept aside Sheffield United in their last game they can be a bit hit and miss this season the old Magpies so Villa really do need something I mean a draw doesn't seem like it's going to be good enough even at this stage yeah Villa have got a win tonight Niall um, it, if, if you know it's almost like I think if they get turned over tonight by Newcastle, I think it's almost one nail in the coffin, isn't it, for you know their Premier League hopes? I think you know they've got because if they if they win tonight, they're on twenty nine points. Um, you know, if results go their way, they can go up to fifteenth, and um, you know they they they're facing a Newcastle team that are, are in high spirits after let's face it, a shock result against Sheffield United at St James's uh, at the weekend where they've just kind of you know pummeled them three nil mm. and. Um, you know, I think it's a funny thing for Newcastle because, um, you know, the, the takeover looks like it's going to go through uh, any time now. And Steve Bruce has got a point to prove because the new owners don't fancy him. But if he keeps winning football matches, how can they, you know, relieve him of his duties? And um, you've got Aston Villa who, who are absolutely desperate for points. I mean, they've lost, you know, five out of the last six games. And yes, of course, we've had the much talked about three month break from football, but they don't look particularly good. Uh, since we have started again and um, I just think you know I think it's it's what you know it's heading for being done if they get beat tonight I just can't see them them getting out of the mire if they get turned over tonight it's one of the most difficult places for them to go to in this current situation Um, I just think you know if you've got to go somewhere and get a result one of the last places you want to go in in the Premier League is the St James's Park because if they're on song and and the tails are up, you know it's good. It's going to be a difficult evening for you. Mm. I just think I just think it'll be a Newcastle win. I can't see anything, you know, more than that. I think it'd be interesting if Villa win because if they go up to uh, well, certainly get out of the bottom three, um, they'll swap places with with West Ham. I mean, West Ham could be second bottom tonight. Yeah. Um, you know, and um, I, I think West Ham are one of the teams that are going to go down. I think everything stinks about West Ham at the minute. I'm, I'm sorry, Jim, uh, who obviously hosts <laughs> and is a, uh, you know, a, a major contributor to the podcast. Um, West Ham has been a mess for a long time now. And, you know, who knows tonight, Villa and Bournemouth could overtake him. And, and I think that that's grim. Yeah. And I think the only saving grace for Aston Villa for me is the fact that, as you mentioned, West Ham are in the running for going down. So are Watford. So are Bournemouth. There's three other clubs and there's only two places. So, I mean, you know, Aston Villa, they know with other teams playing tonight that if they do pick up some points against Newcastle United, they give themselves a semblance of an opportunity to get out of trouble. Um, as for Newcastle United, Stefan, we've seen some stinking strikers in the Premier League over the years. We've even done podcasts about it before. 
I am. He scored his first goal for six months um, at the weekend against Sheffield United. Could this be the start of something? Is this, you know, the hot streak that Newcastle fans have been waiting for? Or do you really think that it's just not going to happen for him and they do need to dip back into the market for someone better in the summer? I, I, I don't think somebody who scores, what, six months in finally uh, constitutes to the beginning of a hot streak. I think it constitutes to he scored the third goal in a game which was already over. Um probably the confidence he needed but I don't know have you ever have you ever watched him play and thought this guy is 30 million quid worth of striker I've never 40 so. Stefan 45 40 million. <laughs> 45 million quid okay, he's well, never going to make it I, no. I didn't think 30 million so uh, no I don't, I don't really fancy him to be honest with you um, I think I think for Newcastle it's all about uh, Sam Maximam um, mm. and to be honest with you I, I fancy Newcastle over Villa tonight but um, if there's ever a time to play at St. James's Park, play there when it's empty. Because sure. you've not got 50,000 Geordie lunatics shouting at you. Uh, it's it's going to be a much easier approach to a game um, than it usually would be. So that's the reason why, to be honest with you, I can I can see this with a draw written all over it. But mm-hmm. I, I want Villa to win to keep it interesting. But I think Newcastle are a stronger team. A draw doesn't get Villa out the bottom three either. No. Which is yeah. it's it's, it's of no. no help to them whatsoever. But Joe Linton, um, you know, he, he isn't good enough. Uh, you know, that's an awful lot of money they spent on him, and for, to get a return of two goals, I mean, there are mitigating circumstances in it because Newcastle were set up. Uh, for a good while where it didn't suit him he was quite isolated and he wasn't getting much support up there and, and certainly wasn't getting the service required but I just I just don't think there's a Premier League player in there I'm, I think there's I'm, I'm looking at Jolinton's stats now um, throughout his career and he's never been a goal scorer so, so I don't know why this expectation has been placed on him uh, mm. he's spent two years in Vienna uh, 60 games, 15 goals. So that's that's not a, a striker who's hot on form. Before that, Hoffenheim, he only scored seven goals in a season. Mm. So he's, to be honest with you, he's performing at a similar level. He's maybe performed his whole career. So you, yeah. you've got to maybe ask, what does he do in the team other than mm. goal scoring? Um, yeah. And to be honest with you, I don't watch Newcastle enough to know. And I think they all wanted Solomon Rondon, didn't they, up there? Um, and that never happened. He ended up following Rafa Benitez to China. But we'll have to see how Joel Linton gets on tonight at St. James's Park as Newcastle United take on Aston Villa. I think you're right, Stefan. The best time to play Newcastle is behind closed doors when there's no mad Geordies in the ground. But I do think that somehow a cardboard cutout of our friend Phil Hudson with his shirt off is more terrifying than the real thing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving on, we'll go down to Molyneux now in the Midlands where Wolverhampton Wanderers take on Bournemouth in another 6pm kickoff. We've spoken about the relegation places Bournemouth have looked all at sea as well so have West Ham so have Aston Villa so we won't touch upon Bournemouth too much but let's talk about Wolves because they're going about their business relatively under the radar Steve but yet they're level on points with Manchester United who are in fifth and Manchester United face another top five challenger in Sheffield United tonight so could Wolves actually nick that Champions League place and finish fifth because the break came at just the right time for them, really, considering they've been qualifying for the Europa League since July last year, and they have played something like 50 games up until lockdown began. So now Nuno Espirito Santo's got a rejuvenated squad, a, a refreshed squad, and there's a chance here that they could nick a Champions League place. 
Absolutely. I mean, you know, if they if they go up to forty nine points tonight, which you would expect them to do against the Bournemouth side who have not been great for for a long time now, and uh, you know, and Eddie Howe looks like he's run out of ideas. I just think it's all there for Wolves. You know, Chelsea. Um, I've got Man City tomorrow night, so you know, let's let's assume that Man City will get the three points at Stamford Bridge, which I think they will do. You know, that could put Wolves on. Um, uh, you know. Uh, two points behind Chelsea on equal games played. You know, Chelsea have got to play uh, Liverpool away in their running uh, at Anfield. And, um, you know, if there's anyone who's going to do it, I think it'll be Wolves because I expect Man United to drop more points as well. As Even though, you know, th- there's many highlights in the Man United squad at the minute. You know, obviously, Bruno Fernandes has played really well in the six games that he's played for them. And, um, you know, Pogba coming back and them trying to form a partnership is, is quite exciting. But, you know they've got question marks in the defence still. Um, Harry Maguire, you know, isn't looking like the answer for them, and, and there's long-term question marks over David de Gea, and certainly this a blip in form that we're experiencing. So you know, Wolves could do it, and I think if Wolves do do it, um, and uh, that'll be a fantastic result for all concerned. They've got a fantastic squad. It's a very well-run football club. They've got loads of exciting talent. Yes, they might lose Triori in summer because you know um, the, the manager's making noises that he doesn't know if he's going to be there next season, and um, they'll just keep chalking the games off, and they'll just try to keep you know getting as many points as they can. If they get another three tonight, that's six out six since project restart you know uh, recommenced and um, good luck to them uh, you know I think it's quite refreshing for someone like Wolves and, and Leicester to, to be in the Champions League mix Bournemouth have got their injury problems and they have done all season they know that they're going to need to complete the rest of the campaign without Ryan Fraser uh, as he's decided he wants to leave the club when his contract expires in what seven days now uh, Jordan Ibe also going to leave the club but he hasn't really done much down at the Vitality Stadium Josh King a doubt with an ankle injury against Palace that's likely to keep him out Charlie Daniels still recovering from a knee injury so they do have issues down at Bournemouth but you mentioned Adama Traore there and against West Ham off the bench Stefan he absolutely wreaked havoc Um, and he's pushing for a start now the end product is what has always been the question mark hanging over Traore's head but if you look at the statistics last season one assist this season eight assists he's added to that element uh, of he's added that element of production to his game which was somewhat missing so I mean what an asset he's going to need to be for Wolves between now and the end of the seasons if they are going to sneak into that top four it's just quick just quick just powerful uh, and it seems like his distribution is getting quite good as well so what what a player to be honest with you I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if he wasn't at Wolves next season uh, yeah Wolves look tasty but they- they've been competing with Man United all year really for that that final position in the Champions League or the fifth place Um, so I'd expect it to go right down to the very end between those two Uh, Jimenez Jota Traore Neto quality players aren't they so why shouldn't Wolves be up there I I still fancy Man United how how do you rate Nuno Espirito Santo as a manager then Stefan because it's not often I don't really know what much difference this actually makes but it's not often you see a goalkeeper become a manager, um, which Nuno Espirito Santo was, I believe. And he's just come into the Premier League and after after sort of guiding them up from the championship and he's kind of taken to it like a duck to water, hasn't he? He's he's, he's made it look easy. He's kind of got all of the 
the attributes for a top manager that you want. He's got the passion on the touchline, but he's also got the calm in the press room. He's, he's got a lot going for him. And, you know, I think he's part of the attraction now at Wolves, the fact that he's Portuguese and the fact that he kind of uh, he ex- expects a lot from his players. I think that's kind of partly what makes Wolves such an attractive prospect for those coming in from Europe. It's like he's the, the school of Pep. So if, like, if Pep Guardiola is Coca-Cola... Nuno is Pepsi. You know what I mean? It's like not not you, you, you like it, but you know if if you're in the bar, you'd take the Coca Cola, obviously. But um, yeah, yeah, he's 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 done a great job. I'm talking about um, managers who were goalkeepers. Who was the Brazilian guy? I, I want to say it was uh, was it Dunga or Tafarel uh, who was a manager of Brazil as a, uh, who was a goalkeeper. Not I mean, I know there was. Dino Zoff was uh, has managed Italy, hasn't he? And he's managed Lazio and people like that. I can't think of any but, others. Can you think of any other goalkeeper managers? I mean, off the top of my head, Nuno Espirito Santo is the only one I can think of, and even he was like a reserve goalkeeper at Porto. So I can't even think of any more. Often it's players who are on the periphery who who end up being great managers. Uh, look at look at Mourinho. He, he never really made it as a player. Um, Done a great job as a manager. So mm. analyzing the game, I'm looking. I'm looking at what he's uh, what he's done in the past. Um, he's been at some big clubs. He's been at Valencia. He's been at Porto. Um, so he's got a great grounding as Nuno. Um, but yeah, undeniably, he's he's done a great job, and uh, he's he's in that mold of a Pep, uh, and he's got a good style about him and he's doing wonders at Wolves so mm. long may that continue for Wolverhampton fans uh, the cynic in me suggests that he's probably one of the first managers to get suggested once a big club has a vacancy yeah no understandably so with the job he's done at Wolves and they face AFC Bournemouth at Molyneux tonight in a 6pm kickoff. right three more games to run the rule over and we'll do that next after this short break here on Football Social Daily Football Social Daily with German Doner Kebab. Get it delivered to your door via Deliveroo or Uber Eats. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Welcome back to Football Social Daily. We are the only daily Premier League podcast you can find every single day. Between now and the end of the season, we'll have a brand new episode of the podcast for you. So if you don't want to miss any of the action and you can't watch the games and you want to know what's been going on in a nice little nutshell, hit that subscribe button or follow or whatever it may be, however you listen to your podcasts and you won't miss another show again. Don't forget to check out our brand new website as well, Sport hyphensocial.co.uk loads of Premier League news on there as well as match reports and match previews for every single fixture between now and the end of the season so go and check out the website full comprehensive match previews letting you know who's injured who's available who's missed out who's suspended who might start who might not start and all the rest of it go and check it out it's sport-social.co.uk right then moving on to the next game uh, that takes place on Wednesday evening another 6pm kickoff this time at Carrow Road it's Basement Boys Norwich who welcome Everton uh, to East Anglia. Now, I think we're all pretty much in agreement that Norwich are gone, right? They're all out. They're out of it. We all, are we all in agreements there? Yeah. Yeah. So Norwich are going down. I think we know that. So let's focus on Everton. Unless Norwich can spring a remarkable great escape, they are going to be playing championship football next season. But from what you saw in the Merseyside derby on Sunday, Steve, and you know, um, that's a couple of hours of our lives. We're never going to get back watching that game. Um, I think personally, I don't know how you feel from a red perspective uh, in the city, but I feel personally that Everton actually probably played better over the course of the 90 minutes. They had a good chance at the end, Tom Davis hitting the post. 
how encouraging would that be for Carlo Ancelotti? Maybe not for this season because they still got an outside chance of European football, but maybe for next season. Uh, is he really starting to kind of instill his authority and still his style on that Everton side now because I think it took a little while to get going initially he's a fantastic manager isn't he you know he's, he's won the lot hasn't he as a player and, and a manager and um, Everton have, have done really well to attract Carlo Ancelotti but obviously it'll be costing them a pretty penny no doubt but he's a winner and he will instill that into the Everton squad I don't think the Everton squad is that strong if I'm honest I think they'll just buy into how we want them to play um, and if they can implement his thoughts on the pitch they'll be difficult to beat I mean they had you know the two banks of five against Liverpool for the large majority of that game um, on Sunday night until tactically we, we played into Everton's hands but you know on balance and the chances that they created in that kind of 15 minute period they probably did deserve to win the game um, and I think there's some encouraging signs for Everton there I think you know Everton have got to start taking themselves a bit more seriously now I think and they've got to have higher aspirations I just think on and off the pitch Everton have got massive strides they still need to make Carlo Ancelotti coming in is a fantastic uh, piece of business for him and, and someone who can instill um, uh, you know a playing style and an attitude and a mentality but it's not a long term solution because mm. Carlo Ancelotti is what 61 years of age something like that mm. and um, you know so you, you get the impression it's only going to be a two or three season thing with him but if he can put the foundations in there for the next guy to come in you know to carry on and pick up the man and who knows where Everton could got to go but they've got to get themselves they've got to be aiming higher commercially they've got to get this ground sorted out obviously the ground was was promised for 2020 the date has passed where they said that they'll be in the ground for it it's not even started the work at Bramley Maud Dock yet they've got to get the house in order really before they become a true Premier League big gun I mean it's 25 years without a trophy for Everton but who knows what they can do if Carlo can be given a little bit of money I think he's going to have to uh, I think he's going to have to uh, sell, you know, to raise funds because Everton has spent an astronomical amount of money in the last four or five years. Mm. Uh, one of the biggest, um, you know, transfer bills in in European football and world football. Um, but it's all there for them, you know. It, 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 you know, I mean, it's a bit of a cliche, but you know, there's a sleeping giant of a football club in there. If they can get it right, and if they can be finishing seventh or eighth next season, um, and then the season after finishing fifth or sixth. Uh, you know who knows what's going to happen people will become attracted to them mm. uh, and people will want to kind of uh, you know play for Everton but at the minute you know no one aspires to play for Everton even with you know me, me <laughs> Liverpool hat on um, you know just like if you're if, if you're if you're like a top player in, in you know in, in Italy or, or Germany or whatever you know you've not got aspirations to sign for Everton it's the same for Newcastle as well even with the money or not no one grows up wanting to play for Newcastle United and um, you unless you, you live around there and, you can't put Everton in Newcastle in the same bag there Steve like, of course you no, can't Nah, that's too that's too Liverpool football club for me. Man. Do you not think do you not think Newcastle uh, are as big a club as Everton? No, I think Everton are a bigger club. Do you, Stefan? I I, 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 I don't agree. A bigger club. I think Newcastle are a bigger club than Everton. Just 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 look at the players that Everton have. Newcastle couldn't attract them. Newcastle can't get Rickarlison. Well, I'm sure they will do soon, mate. <laughs> <laughs> of course, that takeover is still yet to be ratified yeah. by the Premier League. Uh, 
coincidentally, yeah. the Saudi Arabian Football Federation and another uh, high-profile organisation on the same day both released statements vowing to crack down on Premier League piracy in the Arab state. Of course, they've been streaming illegal Premier League games, and so I think they've uh, vowed to crack down on that, but, which might um, squeeze that takeover through. Yeah. Is it, isn't I mean, there another interested party who have, who have offered 50 million more? Smoke and mirrors, mate. That's right. It's an American uh, American businessman who owns a television company who has offered 350 million. But you know what Mike Ashley's like? He loves a few quid, so, you know, it might tempt him. Uh, but in terms of Everton against Norwich tonight at Carrow Road, I mean, you mentioned about Everton needing to perhaps get the stadium sorted, Steve, and reinvest in the squad. Here's how their bill of health looks for tonight's game. They won't have Yeri Mina. He's got a thigh tear, which keeps him out for the rest of the season. Gibral Sidibe's 50-50 to play. Walcott is out. Jenk Tosin and Jean-Philippe Gabamin are both out. Uh, Morgan Schneidlin's left the club. He's signed for Nice in France, who are managed by Patrick Vieira. Fabian Delph is injured. They've got a lot of players injured, but a lot of those players, Stefan, as you say, they're not the calibre of player who you'd expect to get you into the the top 10 or top 8 in the Premier League. So they're going to have to find a way to to really kind of make sure that their squad is tight-knit and strong moving forward if they are going to try and finish in the top half next season. Yeah, it's, it's two different subjects. The game against Norwich tonight is a completely different subject to Everton's kind of health and plans moving forward. I think... Steve, Steve kind of said there that they're. Uh, I don't know if it is ambition that you're alluding to, but they need to. They need to really get the ball rolling to to move into the Premier League big boys level. Uh, and no doubt they're not quite there yet, but they're doing everything right. I think to get mm. there. Um, in terms of bringing in the manager, uh, he's he's world class. So they've done Absolutely. the right thing there. And and early sixties. I mean. Look, look at Roy Hodgson going on into his 70s. He's got so much time. So he mm. could be there for a long time. Modern day football, he probably will only be there for two or three years. But they've got the right manager in there. They've got the plans down to build the right stadium. Uh, the fan base there. I rewatched the uh, Man City um, documentary on on Amazon Prime uh, over, over the last week and seeing how Pep Guardiola is talking to them in the, in the changing rooms at Goodison Park saying, this is tough. Uh, and I think that's what it is. Goodison Park's like a siege mentality kind of place. Oh, it's and a horrible place to play. I, I absolutely love yeah. Goodison Park. It's one of my favourite Premier League stadiums. I don't because it's got a touch of the old school about it, which is why I love it so much. And being a Pompey fan, Fratton Park's very similar. You know, Archibald Leach, the the designer who designed many stadiums around sort of the early part of the the twentieth century, the nineteen tens, nineteen twenties, that sort of thing. Um, you know, he's kind of put his magic touch on the stadium I think it's just something about it the fact that it's in amongst terraced houses and stuff it's certainly not what you'd expect from a modern football ground but certainly I think that old school element can play into Everton's hands oh, it's and quality. their home record and at Goodison Park see, see, for a long time was very very strong see if you're an away fan in Goodison Park and you're on the side of the pitch not behind the goals you're on the side of the pitch and you're kind of penned in yep. underneath so you, you, you've got restricted views basically everywhere you are. It just it just leads to a, a leery atmosphere from away fans as well. It's probably one of the best. I was I was actually watching Newcastle play there. It's probably one of the best away um, scenes I've ever seen. That's yeah. that's how good that place is. But I, I I think they're going in the right direction and they've got some really really good players. They just need to keep their really really good players. Yeah, mm. uh, Rickalson's obviously the standout player. Mm. Uh, the Brazilian Bobby Zamora. <laughs> yeah, there you Steady are. on. <laughs> uh, 
But I, I think I think they're always trying to buy the players who look like they're gonna be the next special thing. Like if you look at Gilfie Sigurdsson, mm. uh, like he he was looking like he could be the real deal, and he and he and he was that for a little while, but he's kind of dipped off a little bit. They probably just need one or two good years in a transfer market, and they probably will be sniffing around where Wolves are sniffing now. Yeah, I mean, we'll have to wait and see what happens with Everton, not just for the rest of the season, but of course in the future. But their immediate focus is tonight at Carrow Road against Norwich City. That's a 6pm kickoff. Now, the final 6pm kickoff, you've got four games to choose from tonight, uh, is Manchester United against Sheffield United at Old Trafford. Now, this was being billed as the big fifth place playoff, Steve. Manchester United against Sheffield United at Old Trafford, 6pm kickoff. Who's going to finish fifth next season? But as we mentioned, Wolves are in the mix. And after that slip up against Newcastle United at the weekend, Sheffield United um, leave themselves two points behind that fifth place spot, which could harbour Champions League football next season, depending on Manchester City's court case with UEFA at the Court of Arbitration for Sport, which the result of that is expected in a couple of weeks' time. So soon we'll know what Premier League clubs are fighting for, if anything at all, in that fifth, fifth spot. Manchester United certainly would be expected to beat Sheffield United tonight, but aside from that anomaly of a 3-0 loss to Newcastle, they've been tough to break down this season. Their defence has been solid, and Chris Wilder said he was really unhappy with his side turning into bang average, in his words, performances in the space of a week. Of course, referring to the 0-0 against Villa and that 3-0 loss at St James's. So, can you see this being a tougher nut to crack for Manchester United than some people are expecting? Yeah, I certainly can. I think, you know, looking from a, from a potential Champions League places, I think Sheffield United need some snookers, don't they? Uh, you know, to get in there, I think they need a lot of results to go their way uh, after getting beat by Newcastle 3-0. Um, I think Chris Wilder will be saying to his guys, listen, the last two games haven't been good enough. Yes, they were unfortunate against Aston Villa with the goal that should have stood. But, you know, Newcastle shouldn't be beating Sheffield United 3-0 even with the talent that Newcastle have got I mean St Maximam is obviously the, the standout there but um, they will be determined to get some form of result tonight and even if they come away from Old Trafford with a draw I think they probably take that now um, but they'll be difficult to break down I think United do have, probably have that little bit of extra quality over you know Sheffield United certainly with the two midfielders that I mentioned uh, before and obviously Marcus Rashford being, being fit again which is just you know amazing for them uh, because of the special player that he is and um, you know United are in good spirits McTominay's just signed a new five year deal hasn't he you know with the club um, you know they've just got to sort of that defence and uh, goalkeeper situation out um, interestingly Henderson I'm assuming won't be able to play tonight against his parent club correct, uh, correct. which will be a factor um, so John, e- John Egan missing as well Steve after being sent off against yeah McKenzie. after being sent off you know which is unfortunate but um, I-, I think you know they'll be determined to get a result but I think United might edge this tonight and I think if United edge it and you know they close that gap on Chelsea to two points after Chelsea and Man City tomorrow night I think you know United will be feeling pretty good uh, for the for the remaining seven games but yeah I'd probably go for a home win on that You still fancy Manchester United to get into the uh, Champions League places don't you Stefan or at least if there was going to be a fifth place awarded uh, Champions League football then you still fancy United to do so, even more so now after seeing Fernandez and Pogba play together for 10 minutes or so the other night? 100%, yeah. I, th- I think they'll come fifth. Um, yeah, it's Man United for for years have been that team where you, whenever you fancy a result, they let you down, don't they? They're, <laughs> they're the worst ones to put a bet on. Um, nah, I, I, think, I think in terms of tonight, they've got too much for Sheffield United, especially with Sheffield United, a few key players out there. Uh, 
But it's exciting what's going on at Man United right now. Uh, I'm quite excited by that midfield partnership. Um, and yeah, I, Rashford's got, got an air of confidence about him. Yeah, I, f- I feel really good about Man United, so I can't see anything but a Man United win tonight. Certainly, they're in good form going into this one at Old Trafford. 6pm kickoff. Chris Wilder will have to do without John Egan, as we mentioned. He was sent off against Newcastle, so he's suspended. Dean Henderson can't play against his parent club. Some rumblings that he might even replace David De Gea in the uh, Old Trafford's number one jersey next season. However, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has backed his goalkeeper, David De Gea, so he'll be keen to put in a good performance tonight. Uh, Jack O'Connell, touch and go for Sheffield United. He's uh, suffering with a knee injury. David McGoldrick also might not play Victor Lindelof limped off of uh, Friday's clash with Tottenham so he might not play for Manchester United either and Scott McTominay signed a new five-year deal at Manchester United yesterday so he's be I'm sure chomping at the bit to try and get involved in that one right moving on to the evening kickoff for tonight's fixtures it's uh, Anfield Liverpool against Crystal Palace uh, an 8-15 start for that one um five points to go to the title Steve it's pretty much a formality isn't it but you would be wanting to see more from your side than what you saw in the Merseyside derby it all looked a little bit flat yeah absolutely I just thought we uh, that was the the worst Liverpool performance that I can remember certainly in the last um, you know recent last couple of years I think but um, Liverpool just they huffed and puffed for, for the large majority of that game but they very clearly missing Mo Salah on Sunday night and they just didn't have any cutting edge at all I mean even the free kicks weren't working were you know Fabinho stepped up and, and took one that, that was probably the closest out a lot of them after Trent had had a few goals but the problem Liverpool have if you set up like Everton did because uh, Atletico did it to us as well in the Champions League and there's two banks of five and you get a team that is, you know, not wanting to engage mm. in a, um, you know, an open game. Because Carlo Ancelotti did it when he was at Napoli as well. He just shuts Liverpool down, and he just stops them finding a way through. And and we couldn't get through them them back, back, banks of five. I thought uh, Everton's defence, the whole back four, really were, were excellent on Sunday night. Um, obviously, Seamus Coleman was man of the match. But Liverpool have to do more. They've got to find ways, and they've got a with the system that Liverpool play and the three that they have in, in, in midfield I mean people were raving about Naby Keita on Sunday night I, I just didn't see that I just you know I was looking at the comments on it and I just thought has he really had that good a game um, I, you know I didn't really apart from a couple of moments it, across the 90 minutes or sorry not 90 minutes the, that he was on the pitch but um, Liverpool have squad depth issues I think and that because that was apparent on, on Sunday because yeah. they just haven't got that quality coming off the bench because when Day and Lovren come on after about 75 minutes something like that I might not have the minute right but um Everton targeted him down Liverpool's right-hand side and that's when they had their best period when Lovren come on and um, apparently he's playing tonight with with, with Gomez uh, as a centre-back partner um, because obviously the game's coming thick and fast so you know Virgil might sit it out tonight or be on the bench at least mm. um, he's you know that that is a risk for us and I think the fact that Robbo didn't play on, on Sunday night we Sadio Mane missed him big time uh, because Sadio you know huffed and puffed and couldn't wasn't really that effective and um, 
you know, Crystal Palace are well organised. They're well drilled. Hodgson's gotten playing good football. They've won the last four games out of four. Um, you know, they'll fancy Europa League place, and I think if they can get a scalp at Anfield, they'll they'll love that. And um, it's a big game for us tonight because suddenly, even though we're very clearly going to do it, because obviously we'll just run out of games, won't we? Um, but you know, Liverpool could probably lose a couple and draw a few and still win the league. Yeah. Um, I mean, this but, is what I love, Steve, about Liverpool fans, and I love the way that Jurgen Klopp has brought the club to this level that you know you've drawn nil nil you've only lost one game this season it's rare that you even drop points and although it was a derby match a draw can be expected in a derby match there's been plenty of draws over the last few years and yet you're still disappointed with the way your side's played and I think that's testament to Jurgen Klopp and the levels he's demanded of his players over the last couple of seasons I think you're right when you talk about Crystal Palace four wins in a row in the Premier League which has not been done by Crystal Palace ever it's the first time they've ever done that um Outside chance of European qualification, unbelievable really, considering at the start of the season, many people tipped them to go down. And I think I was one of those people that felt that Crystal Palace would struggle, but they started the season like an absolute train in the top 10 of the season for a long time. Uh, And how much credit Stefan should go to Roy Hodgson? You know, he's in his 70s, he's the oldest manager in the Premier League, but from what he's had to work with and the frustration he's had from the board for not investing in his squad... Managing to keep hold of Zaha was a, was a bit of good fortune last summer, but I mean he deserves credit, doesn't he, Old Roy, for what he's done at Crystal Palace this year? <laughs> old Roy, everybody loves Old Roy, don't they? What a guy! Um, yeah, mass, massive credit to him. He's 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 made a, a team who a very average, or in, in fact probably below average on paper, mm. um, come out come out trumps, and his big guns haven't really performed that well this season uh, Zaha I think he scored three goals and I think he's assisted the same um, so it's not even like he's been on fire Jordan Ayew is their top scorer um, which, which which says it all really I think I think I think Palace have just just got good results as the season's gone on hmm. yeah Roy Hodgson what a guy tell you what one thing about Roy Hodgson the only manager from England to take points off of Pep Guardiola since he arrived at Man City four years ago is Roy Hodgson. No other English manager has taken points off of Pep Guardiola. How how incredible is that? Yeah, it's fantastic. That absolutely brilliant. He is a he's a good manager. He's the next England manager. (laughs) (laughs) He's done it on he's done it on a budget. You know, Palace haven't spent massive money. I mean, Gary Cahill was a really shrewd signing for them because, you know, I've seen someone mention that you know why didn't Arsenal go in for him? And that is a great shout. um, You know, because Gary Cahill has has done really well picking up AU for two million quid. uh, I think Jim highlighted that as one of his potential signings of the season, Um, and he's come in and done a job for him. and, And Zaha's amongst the goals and it's all positive uh, for Crystal Palace and um, they're unfashionable you know they are an unfashionable football club you know no one fancies them that's why they kind of tip for relegation quite quite a lot of seasons um, but fair play we're in for the game tonight it's going to be difficult tonight at Liverpool um, and uh, if we can come out of that with, with I'd take a 1-0 right now obviously um, and then you know wait until to see what happens tomorrow night in the Chelsea Man City game but we, we've got a game on tonight and we've got we've got to be sharper we've got to be fitter we've got to be stronger and we've got to find ways to break teams like Crystal Palace down who are well drilled who have a good manager who is a Premier League veteran and knows it front to back whatever way you want to you know mm. describe it and I, I think if, if, if we do get a win tonight that'll be one of our best results of the season 
Can, can we take a moment's uh, silence, please, for Caleb Eagle as well? Big What's that? Yeah. Oh, the, the poor eagle that flies around Selhurst Park. The, 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 the eagle's no more. I'll, I'll cut this bit out and insert some, like, really emotional music. Um, <laughs> uh, that'll be our way of paying respect, so hang on a sec. There we go. Right, that, that should do it. There's our respects paid to the eagle that used to fly around Selhurst Park. Rest in peace, and I'm sure your replacement's got big talons to fill, I suppose, oh. is, the way to, <laughs> is the way to go. Uh, anyway, for Liverpool uh, tonight, James Milner and Joel Matip both doubts, as are Andy Robertson and Mohamed Salah. Jordan Shakiri and Nathaniel Klein won't be involved. Crystal Palace will be without Jeff Schlupp, James Tompkins and Martin Kelly. But apart from that, Crystal Palace relatively unscathed. So at Anfield, Liverpool against Palace is an 8.15pm kickoff tonight. Right then, that's it for today's Football Social Daily. Don't forget to check out the website, sport-social.co.uk, for match reports and Premier League updates uh, all throughout the week and all throughout now until the rest of the season too. Also hit subscribe on the podcast and you won't miss another episode again. We'll be back tomorrow with more. I've been Niall. Thanks very much, Steve. My pleasure, mate. I've had a really good time as usual. Cheers, Stefan. Cheers, fella. And we'll speak to you guys again tomorrow. Football Social Daily with German Donner Kebab. Kebabs done right and delivered right to you via Uber Eats and Deliveroo. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.